Thanks for tuning in to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. Hey, I want to personally invite you to our first inaugural Healthcare Thinkathon. It's a conference at the Outcomes Rocket and the IU Center for Health Innovation and Implementation Sciences has teamed up on. We're going to put together silo-crushing practices just like we do here on the podcast, except it's going to be live. With inspiring keynotes and panelists to set the tone, we're conducting a meeting where you could be part of drafting the blueprint for the future of healthcare. That's right. You could be a founding member of this group of talented industry and practitioner leaders. Join me and 200 other inspiring health leaders for the first inaugural Healthcare Thinkathon. It's an event that you're not going to want to miss. And since there's only 200 tickets available, you're going to want to act soon. So how do you learn more? Just go to outcomesrocket.health/conference for more details on how to attend. That's outcomesrocket.health/conference, and you'll be able to get all the info that you need on this amazing healthcare thinkathon. That's outcomesrocket.health/conference. Welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. Hey, I really thank you for tuning in because today I have an amazing guest in healthcare. Her name is Ana Sort. She's from Barcelona, Spain, the beautiful country, beautiful city. She is expert in engagement and design. She's the CEO and founder at Play Benefit Gamification. She's an entrepreneur, a nurse, a professor in various universities. She specializes in health gamification. She's intrigued by video games, human behavior, and positive psychology. Her motivation is to bring what makes us happy playing games into taking care of our wellness and health. I'm so excited to have Anna here on the podcast because she really brings forth her passions and a lesson that you don't have to solely be passionate about healthcare to be successful in healthcare and bringing solutions. You could bring forth other passions such as game design to do that. So I really want to just uh, give Anna a warm welcome to the podcast. Anna, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me, Saul. It is a pleasure, Anna. So did I leave anything out of your introduction that you want to share with the listeners? No, it was impressively through. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, Anna, we've had a chance to connect before the podcast, but I didn't get the story about why you got into healthcare. So maybe you could share that with us. Sure. So I wanted, I ended up studying nursing mm-hmm. and um, I think my detour was more like how does someone that's in nursing or in the healthcare sector end up in the technological sector maybe. Yeah. So for me, my turn was I wanted to go back to France to study because I did an Erasmus there, which is an exchange program for uh-huh. students. So I did find a job in Paris where I wanted, nice. but it was on the video game sector. So if you uh-huh. have a company that's over 600 employees in Paris, you need to have a nurse full time. And that nurse was me. <laughs> wow. Very interesting. Yeah. So I was at a company called Blizzard Entertainment. You uh-huh. might know it from games such as World of Warcraft or Overwatch. Oh, yeah. Uh, so they have like 21 million players just in Overwatch. Big just, company. Yep. Exactly. It's very, very big. So I was there. I'm a gamer myself, as you described. I actually was playing World of Warcraft at the time. Nice. So to be in a company where people actually does the game, it was <laughs> an incredible experience for me. Yeah. So um, after a while, you know, I was working there for a while until one of the guys, I mean, this company was super young. Like the average was probably... 
30s or something like mm-hmm. that. It was really, really young. So after a while, I was doing a lot of prevention because there were people that were sitting in the chair all day, went home, had a pizza and sat again yeah. on the computer playing games. So lots of prevention to do there. So one time, one of the guys had a pulmonary embolia between other things. Oh, boy and undiagnosed diabetes yet yeah, that's a very serious medical problem and it was like 24 hours before it was not reversible so that was very lucky wow so anyway so he came back and uh when he came back from the hospital it was up to me to give him his diabetes introduction and education right so i did as i was told at university i sat him down on the table talked to him through for about an hour about diabetes with questions and everything and then gave him a pamphlet and said, see you in two days. Yeah. So what happened? So after two days, he came back and it was like I had not told him like anything. Anything, yeah. Yeah, he like remembered about 10% of oh, what boy. we talked about. Mm. And this is his disease. I mean, this is important. Super important. So I was like, what happened here? I would try to analyze what happened because I knew this guy was really smart because he was playing World of Warcraft at the high level. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you, World of Warcraft is way more complex than diabetes. <laughs> you got to be on your game. You got to be on your A game to be at that highest level of World of Warcraft. Exactly. So <laughs> this was way more complicated. So it was yeah. definitely not a, you know, he's not smart type of right, thing. Right, right. So I was like, should I do diabetes more like they do World of Warcraft? Interesting. In order to have people learn more about what it is. Yeah. So here was my turning point, my moment of uh, realization that someone as me who had a passion for helping people and a hobby that were video games that I had to put them together in order to make health fun so everybody would want to do it. That's awesome. So I came back to Barcelona. I did a master's. I mean, at the time, there were no masters that were like digital and health connected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I ended up in one of the masters that had like a health branch, but you need to like be a programmer. Like I was with programmers and with uh, designers and it was me, Hmm. the nurse, you know, the only one that had ever been there. I had to take a course on programming on the summer because I couldn't get in if not. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I did these masters and they talked about really cool things. Actually, from the five theses that they offered, three of them were had to do with healthcare because there were like things to help with rehabilitation and mm. platforms to help encourage exercising through the games, right? And stuff yes. like that. So that was interesting. It was like, what, yeah, what is this really healthcare? <laughs> so I learned about serious games, which are games that are designed to actually learn something besides just being fun. I learned about a gamification, which is what I do mostly nowadays, which is how can you have people get into this gaming mindset in real life with real mm-hmm. challenges. And I also learned about exit gaming platforms, which are the platforms that you do exercise through games. So I thought this was an amazing world and I wanted to get in. So I started after a while after I started Play Benefit, which is my company. And we do consultancy for hospitals and pharmaceutical companies and any other company that designs digital solutions for healthcare that they want to have innovation as in gamification in them to have more engagement from their users, basically. Very cool. And thank you for sharing that story, Anna. So anybody looking for, if they have digital solutions, if they're looking to add a a more jazzy or better gamification solution to it, you're the person they call. 
Yes, definitely. And I've even had people from outside healthcare do it because I figured out that if I wanted to do it like the proper way, I would have to do behavior change on it. So we do like the basis of behavior change and then add gamification on top of that. So that's a really effective gamification road to take. So mm-hmm. people from outside, they're like, no, but we're convinced that you're going to help us better than <laughs> other people <laughs> in the sector because you do this thing, you know? And I'm like, yeah, but you do know I'm a nurse, right? That's too funny. So, yeah. I love oh, that. And, and another funny story, there's actually a World Diabetes add-on. So you can download an add-on for your mm-hmm. World of Warcraft where your character from level 1 oh, to level really? 10 has huh. diabetes. No <laughs> so kidding. Are you serious? I am truly serious. <laughs> So your character in World of Warcraft could actually have diabetes. <laughs> yeah. <So> this is- <laughs> was this your doing? Did they do this because of you? Yeah, I, this was one of my earliest achievements. So I went to <laughs> Games for Health, which is like a congress here. And I was like, I have an idea. I want to do this. And then I, like, I was playing the funny. game. I knew what you could do inside the game. And like, how could you record exercise, to put it this way, and have an yeah. effect. On, on your sugar in your blood and like the game has tons of food so I knew I could use that to like have an impact on your sugar in your blood as well so Amazing. I yeah so I like designed the whole thing and then Rochester Institute of Technology a professor there called Steve he was like okay you know I see your thing let's do it and we <laughs> made it <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, awesome folks folks there you have it you know if you have an idea don't be afraid just go for it and Anna saw this opportunity to introduce a very real problem of diabetes you know a lifestyle condition that needs to be introduced even to the day-to-day gaming part of the world so she just did it and that's what we have to do here you know and in healthcare it's it's about implementation not just innovation you got to find out ways to make these ideas happen so anna you've done quite a bit in healthcare can you sum up what you think a hot topic that needs to be on every leader's agenda today yeah so what i think is most important and where we fail most in healthcare actually is healthcare prevention so we know that lots of chronic diseases which is like where we spend most money uh, mm-hmm. healthcare wise we know it are preventable but what are we doing about it because if mm-hmm. you think about how the healthcare system is constructed most healthcare prevention is done by nurses and then there's a, a little health prevention done by doctors but when right. do people find nurses and doctors when they have you know when they're ill or when they have a problem and they actually go to see them so right then and there you cannot do healthcare prevention because the people is focused on yeah. other things so it is very inadequate and we do not do it very well because the other side of healthcare profession is the TV ad saying five a day, which does not work either. We're not right. doing this very well. <laughs> so that's definitely on top of my agenda. And I think it should be in every every agenda. And I think it is quite general. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Anna. You know, it's the difference between healthcare and sick care. And I think yeah. we all think of healthcare as really is a sick care, right? When you're already sick, you see these people. Anna, tell us what you and and your company are doing to address the healthcare space more than just the sick care space. 
Yeah, we actually work a lot with the healthcare space. We do also work with secure space, especially at the consultancy when we have to develop platform for chronic diseases mm -hmm. and whatnot. But me, my preference is in healthcare, yeah. as you said it. So for example, some of the things that we do in consultancy, like let me tell you about the last one, for example, that we sure. just turned in. So this is a platform to help adolescents when they have been diagnosed with an STD, so a sexual mm -hmm. transmitted disorder, disease, sorry, and they have a lot of trouble telling their couples, their mates, their friends that they have right. this if they've been, you know, sexually in contact with them. So we developed a game to actually make them understand how important it is mm -hmm. and to actually help them contact this person and tell them in a pre sort of semi-designed way. Yes. So they actually do it more. And this is because they have noticed that Closing this uh, communication issue the earliest, the less spread you have. Yes. So it's having a really big impact versus what they do now, which is giving them like a paper so they can give it to the, the partners that they've been with. Mm -hmm. So that is like, it improves a lot the system. And it goes back to prevention, right? Exactly, it does. And ourselves, we've just developed a product which is called Be Energy, which is an app that helps uh, people learn more about food, exercise, sleep, their digestive system, the environment, how can that help them to improve, and their mindset. And this app is actually all prevention like it's based on what we nurses have to tell or are told to tell or patients to actually help them with their healthcare prevention. So it's very scientific, it's very medical, but we've made it fun in a way that we've made it that the information pills are really straight to the point. Like one of the biggest failures that we do in healthcare is the following. It's actually what I did with my di diabetic patient. So okay. One thing that I've noticed games do very, very well is like the autonomy and uh, competence balance. So when you know very little about the game, you have very little competence. So they give right. you a little autonomy, like you have one or two buttons to push. And then as you grow more, your competence grows, you start having a little more to do with a little more buttons to push and a little, they give you a few more spells or whatever. So it grows as you're growing with your competence, the autonomy, right? Yes. So what happened with my diabetes patient, he had practically zero competence and I gave him two full days of full autonomy to explore and do whatever. So obviously the system was badly designed and he left the system. He was wow. not able to take care of it. So with this app, what we're trying to do is like concentrate the information in very small pills. Like we try to tell you just one little thing. Like if we talk about food, we talk about why do we say that we should be eating five times a day, for example? And we describe studies that uh, point out this direction, which is the normal standard. We also give you studies that point into other directions, but they are smaller studies or whatever. But at least you find your where is that you feel more comfortable with. And then we give you like a little quest to do, for example, for this one. So you've just learned something and now you have to do something with this information like right away. Use it. And exactly. Because if not, you're not able to just 
put it in your head. Yeah. So for example, in this case, it's like try eating uh, five times a day on the next five days. So you have to put like the times that you commit yourself to trying to eat something. And then the energy tells you or gives you a reminder at those times and also gives you like a little tip suggest, oh, you know, it's uh, four o'clock in the afternoon. If you have a little fruit, remember that if you have a little nut, it's going to help you absorb yeah. your vitamins better and stuff like that. So yeah. That's very cool. That's very cool. Some great examples there, Anna. And folks, if you're curious about what Anna is up to, check out her website. It's uh, www.playbenefit.com. And uh, if you want the English version, just do a slash en for English. www.playbenefit.com slash en. She's got a really great examples of, of the wonderful work that she's doing and the people that she works with, solutions that she's created in her team. So make sure you check that out. If you're looking to gamify your chronic disease strategy or the things that you're doing in healthcare. Anna, can you talk to us a little bit about a setback, maybe something that happened where it didn't work out quite well and what you learned from that? All right. So um, Play Benefit has a little bit of a sad story. I guess all companies that survive long enough have one of those. Yes, <laughs> I'm just going to sure. guess here because I don't really know. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> all right. So I started Play Benefit with like a second hand, like a second person on, on board. Mm -hmm with me and we were together working for about two years when I managed to get some funding to create the energy and some private funding. And then what happened was that I got my team and everything to focus on the energy and he took care of the consultancy which uh, was uh, working for a while then. And mm -hmm. basically, I focused on the product and everything, and he was focusing on the consultancy. So what happened was we got to January 2017, and I noticed that for about six months, we had one consultancy job done, Ooh. and we were running out of money. We did not have the... Yes, it is very tough. We did not have the app finished. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is really bad. So actually, we invited this person who I had been working with for two years and, uh -huh. you know, almost three <laughs> years by then. Uh, we invited him to go. And then I took in charge consultancy and the app. Obviously, the app so I both have. Sides. To Yes, I had to sort of put something a bit aside because, you know, I'm only human. I only have certain hours a day. <laughs> but I did want to focus a lot on consultancy because whether you want it or not, like Play Benefits consultancy is sort of what keeps us afloat. And then sure. the was to have the app to like do better and bigger, but later on, obviously. So six months after it's June and I've run out of money oh and boy. I have to make the biggest decision, had to fire everyone. I had wow. to put money in the company to actually make sure everyone was paid and everything the last month and the finiquito and everything that we have here in Spain. And it was a point where I... How did you feel that day? Like that morning when you had to go tell everybody? I mean, what was the feeling? Oddly enough, the feeling was the worst is to come yet. So really? I, yes. So I was stressed. I was like everything. But I had the feeling that the worst was still to come. Huh. So even though it was bad, I did not feel like it was that bad. <laughs> okay, okay. I that makes sense. But for no, I know what you mean. Like that. <laughs> you felt like there was something around the corner still coming. Yeah, I don't know. It felt like, you know, this is bad, but, you know, 
the worst is still to come, Anna. Just try <laughs> to take it easy and so on and so forth. Yeah. And then you know how things go. You, you sort of give something to the universe and the universe gives back. I agree. For some unknown reason. I agree. And then in August, I get the biggest consultancy job we've so ever had. So a month had. later. One, one month later. Month later. Oh my God. So you have to <laughs> talk about a roller coaster. <laughs> exactly. You have to be calling the people and be like, you know, those vacations that we talked about. <laughs> How about <is that> not? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Trying to get the team together again. And we actually closed the best year uh, consultancy wise. Wow. And we, I was able to get my money back and everything has been going well since then. Wow. What a story, Anna. And if you had to go back and share with the listeners what your key learning from this was, what would you say it is? So there were lots of things learned there, but I think one of the biggest ones was uh, the keeping things in check as in with metrics wise. Mm. So you don't feel like you're asking your number to or your equal, to put it this way, you're demanding from them anything. It's just like, okay, so we have this meeting where we do the metrics and the metrics and numbers. And so I'm not subjectively telling you something. I'm objectively, yes. we're objectively following a process. Something. Exactly. Putting a process in place that is metric, that it's not emotional, that everyone feels comfortable and everyone agrees in. I love it. What a great share that accountability, like the great Ronald Reagan said, trust, but verify. Exactly. I don't think not trust your partners. It's not like the good thing to say. I think it's business. The, Exactly. It's business. It's something else. And it should not be, yeah, it should be metrics and should be. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. No, Anna, what a great share. Wow. I felt like I was there with you. I was like, oh my gosh, we're losing everything. We have to oh fire everybody. <laughs> Next thing you know, you got the biggest contract <laughs> and then everybody's working with you again. And wow. And oh. so folks, what a great share by Anna. Don't assume that things are getting done. It's always good to have redundancy. It's always good to have systems and processes that are going to guarantee that you're getting the information, the optics that you need to have a successful business because that's why your car has a, a fuel gauge. You know when your car is running out of gas. You got to have the same thing in your business. Great share, Anna. Thank you. So what would you say one of your proudest medical leadership experiences has been to this date? So I think I've been quite lucky to feel many of these moments throughout my career because for once I was a pioneer and that means it's a very cool word, but actually means that it's extremely hard yeah. and you feel like quitting many, many times. So mm -hmm. um, I think the peak of it all was when this year I've received the Youth Talents for Nursing Prize from the Nursing Association in Catalonia. Ah, congratulations. And thank you. And I think That's it awesome. was one of the peaks because... For us nurses, it's super hard to recognize each other. I don't know why. It's something that's been there for a long time. Like, we're aware of it. We know it. Yeah. And for your kin to tell you this and, and sort of honor me this way, it was like, wow, this is the best experience I could have ever gotten, gotten out that's of. That's so awesome. So, yeah. That is so awesome. Congratulations. And so, did they have a ceremony and... Oh, yeah, there was a lot of that. Yeah, there was plenty of that. And there were like long dresses and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, wonderful. 
That's awesome. And you were honored at this event by your peers, by your kin. Exactly. And that was sort of like a homecoming, right? Like, oh, I've yeah, made cause, it. Because as I said, it's so hard for other nurses to actually be aware of each other. And for me, I've been always sort of recognized, but as in a healthcare professional from the right. technological part. So I had mm-hmm. never been recognized from my peers. I was always the odd one, you know, the one that was <laughs> weird. <laughs> it was, it, for me, it was but I know it sounds probably other people would look at my life and say, oh, you would have to say, you know, this medical achievement or this other one or being able to participate in this test or having a, uh, the first M Health course in the whole world, which was, you know, in Stanford and whatnot. For me, my biggest one is this one. <laughs> I love it. And it's what spoke to your heart, right? I mean, it's what drove you. It's what really made you feel alive. Exactly. I mean, I'm here so for great. this. That's so great. How about now? You know, you guys are working on a lot of different projects, Anna. What would you say one of the more exciting projects that you're focused on today is? Well, definitely be energy. I would say like with the consultancy, we have quite some exciting projects. Uh, Like we have one with the ICU. Uh, Sorry, no, that's not the, that's the Spanish word. It's intensive care and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, which is really cool. But I would say be energy is the one that touches my heart and the one that I'm, it's probably the one that's just going to get most attention Mm because I really want to get the iOS beta out. And we have some uh, studies that we want to start. We have studies with uh, two hospitals here in Spain and one hospital in Colombia. Mm-hmm. And the studies are super different. Like we have ones that want to give the application, the app to the patients and see how they are doing, if they're improving their lifestyle, if they find some improvement this way. There are some others that is like, they have surgery patients, digestive surgery patients. And since the app lets you look at your- um, Bowel movement. Bowel movement, there you go. <laughs> I think I have the word somewhere. Anyway, so it lets you log your bowel movement with the metric with Mm -hmm. like a a scientific metric and whatnot so it's very useful for them this thing and they want to see how that works and then there's another one the one in Colombia what they want to do is give the app to nurses Mm -hmm. and see if the nurses themselves learn from the app enough to actually translate this information into their patients like help them with this tool be more proactive in the prevention and help them give the prevention. So those are super exciting things that I have in the future and I really want to start them. <laughs> well, that's that's super exciting, Anna. And, and with the focus and the drive and the passion that you have for it, I'm so sure you're going to take this project and turn it into a successful application in healthcare. So we wish you the best of luck on those. Thank you. So Anna, this is closer to the end now. Let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in healthcare gamification. Let's call it the 101 of Anna Sort. And we're going to build a syllabus here. I've got four questions for you, lightning round style, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Okay, I'll try to do my best. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. What is the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? I would say focus on users. And when I say users, it doesn't mean the treatment. It means the patient, the family, the healthcare professionals, whoever is going to use your app. And just quick tip, we know that patients are the most underused tool in, in healthcare. Absolutely. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? To assume you understand. Like I am a nurse. And with the ICU, for example, experience that I was telling you about, I need to go and be a nurse there for a while before I understand who the patients are because they can tell you things. But since I know, 
I mean, I need to know who's there, what the mobility they have and what they can do, what they cannot do, what to be expected. I mean, you can assume you know something because I'm a nurse and I know about this because I've been told about it in university and so on. But I think the biggest mistake is to assume that you know. What a great, great piece of advice there. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? Oh, that's a very good one. I think the biggest mistake you could do here would be to focus on a technology. If you focus your organization in a technology, you'll be always that organization that does this technology. Nursing has been relevant for over 150 years. If I portray this in my organization and my organization is seen as uh, digital nursing, for example, then it will definitely stay relevant no matter what technology changes. Love it. What's one area of focus that should drive everything in your organization? I think I would say prevention probably in healthcare. That's like what interests us all and what we try to do. Awesome. And what book would you recommend to the listeners, Anna? So one of the first books that sort of uh, helped me or inspired me to be in the course that I'm taking today in my life was from Jane McGonagall, who is a scientist and a video game designer, hmm. and it's called Reality is Broken. Reality is Broken. Yeah, and it was on the time that I was at Blizzard Entertainment, mm-hmm. and I knew and I saw all these people playing these games because life is much less rewarding. You are not rewarded for your efforts, and in games you are. So yeah. we need to make life more like a video game. I love it. I love it. What a great recommendation. Listeners, if you want to get a hold of the things that we talked about, the transcript, everything that we've discussed, links to the book that Anna recommended, just go to outcomesrocket.health slash play benefit. And you'll be able to find all that there. So don't worry about writing it down. Anna, this has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed our time together here. You've shared so many interesting things that I'm sure the listeners are taking notes on. So Anna, this has been a lot of fun. Before we conclude, I'd love if you could just share a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you or follow you. Yeah, so this is not much of a closing note, but I think it's relevant because I've just told you about Jane McGonagall's book, Reality is Broken. And I actually did some, uh, I wrote a book myself, which sort of tries to portray what we do in healthcare and how the importance and how it's linked with video games, how we could improve doing that. Do you know that I told you before about the balancing competence and autonomy? And that's like a lesson learned from video game industry because that's exactly what they do. And they do it very, very well to Mm -hmm. keep users engaged. So how can we keep patients engaged or users engaged through their health in a scientific matter? And there's a lot of scientific findings and whatnot in this book. And I try to always relate it and come back to health because that's my world. So the book is called From Games to Health, Lessons Learned from the Video Games Industry. And you can find it on Amazon, on eBooks, on pretty much anywhere, I think. We have all platforms covered, I think. That's amazing. So folks, what we're going to do here is just add a link to Anna's book as part of the show notes. So if you go to outcomesrocket.health slash play benefit, We're going to have a link there. So if you're curious about this, I think you're going to want to pick it up because there's definitely a lot of lessons learned that Anna shares in in this piece for you. So I know this is a great share. Thank you for that. Thank you. And what would you say the best place for the listeners to get a hold of or follow you is? 
Yeah, so I'm on Twitter most of the time. I check it every day. You can find me as at lost nurse because at one point in time I was like a lost nurse. <laughs> I love so it. Like, I want to go into technology, <laughs> but I don't know how to. <laughs> so it's kind of stuck, and I'm still the lost nurse. I love so it. I love me. it. And if not, I'm definitely reachable on LinkedIn in Anna Swart, just Anna Swart in LinkedIn, where is where you found me actually. So yep. I respond to that as well. Fantastic. Well, there you have it. Listeners, uh, Anna Sort from Play Benefit. Uh, Anna, this has been a blast, uh, a truly fun interview, and I'm excited to stay in touch with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast. If you want the show notes, inspiration, transcripts, and everything that we talked about on this episode, just go to outcomesrocket.health. And again, don't forget to check out the amazing Healthcare Thinkathon, where you can get together to form the blueprint for the future of healthcare. You can find more information on that and how to get involved in our theme, which is implementation is innovation. Just go to outcomesrocket.health slash conference. That's outcomesrocket.health slash conference. Be one of the 200 that will participate. Looking forward to seeing you there.